This is the Handsome Hockey Podcast, episode 51, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I am Jake, and sitting across from me is Evan. Hey, I'm here. We are in Area 51. (laughs) Uh, If you are here looking for the podcast that Greg Wyshynski does now, uh, this isn't it either, but we're (laughs) happy you're here. And um, we can actually podcast. Yeah, we can. We don't have a contract that prevents us from podcasting about hockey. Who would have guessed that Disney would both first ruin Star Wars for me and then my favorite podcast? Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what Disney does. Like, everyone raises their hands. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, good to see you in person, you know, good to have you back after your episode of Bad Shrimp. Uh, you know, <laughs> was out, as Derek King says, Jake was out with the Bad Shrimp. I was... You know, I went and got the flu vac or the flu shot thinking, hey, this will be a good idea. And mm-hmm. I've been sick twice since then. <laughs> so uh, neither of them have been COVID, thankfully. Uh, we've we've dodged that bullet for now, but I think it's like cancer. We're all going to get it eventually. So buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> yeah. And that's really the story of the week right now uh, from where we sit is COVID's back. Seems like the NHL's schedule is hanging on by the thinnest of threads right now. And uh, the PHF has suspended games. 18 Flames players are currently in the protocol. 60 players across the league in total uh, currently have COVID or have been exposed to COVID. Or The fact that all of these players and staff members, like let's not discuss oh, yeah, staff right. members... Um, there are, are people too. Yeah, turns out um, <laughs> humans help this, these humans play hockey. What? Uh, we, we these aren't the droids you're looking for. Yeah, we, we haven't fully automated that yet. We, we don't have robot equipment managers. I was reading about how they want to do like laser slash like fake umpiring in baseball. And I was like, I would never watch another baseball game if there wasn't a real what? umpire. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm done. <laughs> like, right. like this is stupid because the first time that fake thing screws up all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, umpires get hit with in the balls with pitches all the time and that's entertaining. I mean, if you just break a machine, that's not funny. And besides yeah. like, you know, what is it going to go? Like, Strike. Like, <laughs> yeah. The the one thing like I've read some comments somewhere and they were like they're like, well, you can pay off a ref, you can't pay off a robot. And I was like, Yeah, but you can program a robot. Like <laughs> you can hack it. That's <laughs> like, probably easier than paying off a ref. This is completely and obviously inevitable, right? Yeah. Like, we are seeing a massive surge in COVID cases worldwide right now. I believe we're at like a 45% increase over the last 14 days here in the United States, just in time for everybody to get on a plane. Montreal kicked all their fans out of the stadium, got them all seated and said, uh, sorry, you guys, you have to leave. No, just kidding. They um, they announced that well, they, were not, yeah, they were not going to play with fans. And that sucks. Suck to just like watch a little bit of that game and just be like, Oh, we're back here again. Great. But it's the smartest thing to do. And obviously, you know, Canada's 
probably going to be hit just as hard as the United States, if not harder, because it's colder there and people more likely to be inside. What I thought was kind of humorous, uh, Tony D'Angelo, fan favorite, uh, was asked... Not favorite of this podcast. <laughs> was asked if the league needs to change anything with respect to COVID. And he said, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm probably the last person they want to hear from. And good for him. Like, way to read the room and, you know, maybe show you've learned a thing or two. Like, I feel like I could learn a thing or two for dealing with uh, political discussions at Christmas. Yeah, he's a human turd, but at least <laughs> in this uh, this one instance, he showed some uh, like ability to like self reflect and say, you know what, I, I I don't think I need to weigh in on this. He probably like read that off of a PR cue card that his agent gave him. Maybe, I don't, maybe it's a tattoo on his wrist. It's I, like I don't know. His agent didn't help him during the whole like I need a new job thing where he had he did the Herb Brooks interview and it was like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not a racist. I'm just an ethnicist. <laughs> I'm not a racist. I just like ethnic cleansing. I mean, ethnic. Oh my god, what have I done? And his agent's like, yes, say that. <laughs> I'm just a you know casual eugenics enthusiast. It's, I. It's science, right? What's your plan after uh, after hockey? Oh, you know, I'd like to retire to Argentina. Um, <laughs> you know, I hear good things. They got nice beaches. They're very welcoming. Speaking of beaches, <laughs> down in Florida, Anthony DeClaire said that Panthers players were not given a vote on whether or not they wanted to play, coming on the heels of a report that Colorado players were given a vote on whether or not they wanted to play. Miko Rantanen came out and said that wasn't the case. So I'm kind of interested to see like what is actually true versus not true. Cause I don't know, that seems both like a nice gesture and maybe it's a weird move. Like asking your players if they want to play like, well, do you want this paycheck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. So, uh, he had sort of like a very workmanlike response to it. it was like yeah uh, we're paid to play hockey we were on our way to play hockey and then they ended up having to play a man short on the bench due to the combination of covid and cap constraints which is fairly ridiculous um boston also had to deal with this as well i imagine other teams had to and will have to carolina had to play without two players tonight still yeah. beat the red wings but <laughs> And then, uh, you know, a couple of emergency backup goalies have been dressed. I don't know if any of them have played yet, but uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. And this has all cropped up in the last 24 to 48 hours across the NHL and the, like the NFL, like setting fantasy football lineups is like the minefield. Know. Yeah. It's like playing minesweeper. It's like, oh, uh, oh, this guy explodes. Oh, no. Oh, that guy exploded. Oh, no. Always start with the corners. <laughs> We're getting to the point of a critical mass yeah. with this. The NHL has a couple of really big decisions to make. The first and most pressing being like, how long do we keep playing with so many players mm -hmm. getting sick, especially with what we learned during the bubble season and last year where the environment that hockey has played in promotes transmission of mm -hmm. the COVID virus and so, like, you are always going to see more cases in the NHL as opposed to the NBA or the NFL or whatever. But because of the situation, like, how long do we keep playing? How long are we? Uh, well, you know, how long do we? Yeah. Uh, how long does anybody keep playing is, I think, the question a lot of people are asking. Because, you know, there's pretty decent arguments on both sides. Like, A, how long would you then suspend play for knowing that, like, it's just going to get worse across the board everywhere. Um, and 
be like we're kind of living with COVID now and, and we're going to be for this foreseeable future. So, you know, if you set a precedent or, or you know, decide to start canceling games, like, well, then you're going to cancel a whole lot more games in the future. You're, you're, you know, you may be shooting yourself in the foot if you decide to cancel games now, because that's such a big deal. It's, there's so many, you know, schedule machinations and, um, you know, 32 teams have to coordinate this. So I can understand not wanting to cancel, but it does seem like, okay, we are starting to deal with a really big problem here. Well, the other thing, the NHL has a three week break built into their mm-hmm. schedule for the Olympics this year. Now this can go any number of ways The but you know, the two big options are the NHL sends its players to Beijing or the NHL doesn't send its players to Beijing. Mm-hmm. If it sends its players to Beijing, obviously that three week pause happens. The players go to China, maybe uh, get stranded there. Maybe they get COVID. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, Robin Lehner came out and said, yeah, I'm because of that. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Um, and then the other option obviously is you don't send your players and then you decide, well, do you play games during those three weeks or do you still abide by the pause? Right. Well, it sounds like even if they don't send players, they're probably not going to play games during that because apparently all of the uh, arenas made other plans. Yeah. Which good. I think, I think that three week pause, if I'm the NHL and obviously I am because I'm a white man. um, (laughs) If I'm the NHL, I, just I say, you know what? We're going to take these three weeks. Everybody, you know, do your best to get yeah. healthy and stay clear of uh, danger and whatnot. Yeah. And take no, a monster truck show at your yeah. local arena. Yeah. Go to the, the Sturgis rally. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, go to Bonnaroo. Actually, yeah, um, actually don't. Actually uh, stay home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I think that's coming to a head really fast. I mean, the Olympics start February 4th. So we're a roughly six weeks out maybe seven okay. weeks out so there just ends up being a covet break I yeah mean, that, i i'd be willing to bet on that i i'm i honestly hope that the nhl doesn't send its athletes to the olympics this year i obviously have no skin in the game because i'm not one of those <laughs> players that would be playing for you know team slovakia like <laughs> i i just want people to be healthy i think the olympics being held as a spectator event right now is ridiculous right there's so many things working against it we're coming to a point where this decision has to be made and you know can we trust the nhl to make the right decision no but (laughs) well i mean there's so many other forces at play too like the owners don't really want to send the players they like never really have the players wanted to go they negotiated it into the cba and then now it sounds like most of them don't really want to yeah Con- even Connor mcdavid was like who doesn't say anything ever was <laughs> like yeah i don't know if this is a good idea and it's like oh shit Connor mcdavid said something <laughs> he took a a position whoa on an issue wow is wow. is he ill <laughs> does he have covid uh so I, he's feeling bold after showing everybody his uh, his dark modernist house that his girlfriend <laughs> decorated. It's like a it's like a, it's like a 
a dungeon took a shit. I think it looks like the, yeah, it's like the house from Parasite. <laughs> it's like an issue of Dwell done in sepia tones. <laughs> so Olympics, kind of bearish on the Olympics. Seems like it's not going to happen, but does the NHL win if players go in any way? Like it, there's, it doesn't seem to be much in favor of the players going at this point. I don't think it's a big boon for the NHL to go because like, their players are already world famous. Mm-hmm. So like, like David Pasternak is already David fucking Pasternak, right? <laughs> like he did like, who cares? Right. Uh, they, they really only can lose if somebody like if Connor McDavid goes and gets like a horrific case of COVID and a can't get back to Canada for a month. And then B is sidetracked. Like Tyler Sagan was all of last year. Like that's a massive hit to the league. So I think honestly, it's in the best the monetary interest of the league for them to not send their players, which I think is what inevitably wins out, like mm-hmm. the, the money issue. Um, but you'll probably see a couple of players here and there go, "Oh no, I'm going anyways," and like, <laughs> you know, okay. And especially funny outcome would be like if some player over there, you know, they go and some player goes all like Enos Cantor and like puts like remember the Uyghurs on his skates or something. And then the NHL is just like persona non grata in China and they just like lose everything that they were trying to go there for. And then some like that would be, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, one thing I don't have to worry about is uh, Tyler Bertuzzi going to the Olympics. <laughs> That's nice. I guess moving on. Let's just uh, state for just a quick second. Alex Ovechkin's fucking amazing. <laughs> He's fucking incredible. Yeah, this year that he is putting together in his age 36 season is uh, nothing short of legendary. You know, he's his decline has been predicted for the last, what, three years or so? His and the Caps, really. Right, and he just sees it and every year goes, fuck you, and gets better somehow. Somehow. Like, if you look at, you know, the goals he's scoring he's scoring not just pull up slap shots like he can on the power play he's scoring from all over right now and you know driving play he's getting a ton of assists which he you know hasn't historically been known for but he's dishing the puck really well so you know he's the this is the first time a player not named mcdavid or dreisaitl has been the sole leader in points since November 7th, 2019. That's it's still a ridiculous stat that that it's a that it's been that long and B that a 36 year old is the guy who un like unseated that or ended that reign. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see how long the interregnum is between like one one of them retains the throne, but uh, <laughs> or retakes the throne. But but it's know, old man time now. Yeah, for now, the Caps are A, in the playoffs, and B, Ovechkin is crushing it. So, And that was without Backstrom, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, who's, who's back are you going to pass the puck to? You know, and <laughs> In other weird news, the Coyotes, much like the animal Coyotes, don't have much of a home right now. Uh, they have been publicly taken to task by their arena for not paying rents and missing tax payments and uh, back child support. Um, <laughs> they are the Evander Kane of, the, <laughs> of teams. Oof. 
I know what we could talk about next. But uh, yeah, it, it, oh. so <laughs> the Coyotes came out and like did what everybody who's been poor and not being able to pay their bills has done and said, oh, yeah, good for it. I just, you know, forgot. Check got lost in the mail, guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, totally thought I paid that, guys. <laughs> to which the arena was like, you've missed 17 weeks of tax payments you're supposed to make weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, and like, you know, Gary Bettman sort of came out on the Coyotes side like, oh, yeah, you know, they're they're good for it. Sure. Yeah, I, I know those guys. They, they do good work, blah, blah, blah. I used to own them. Yeah, you know, I know what's up. And the arena was like, um, if Mr. Bettman chooses to believe that these consecutive payments were made in error, uh, he can choose to believe that. <laughs> There's been some great A-level shit talking on, oh, yeah. the, uh, on the part of the Gila River Casino Arena. Mm. Um, kudos to them. Uh, I think we all are kind of just like slowly watching the demise of hockey in the Arizona desert and yeah. before it moves to the Texas desert. <laughs> and you know, it's, that kind of sucks. Like in a way, I mean, I, so when I was growing up and the coyotes came around, I have family in Arizona. So, okay. I think I've talked about this before, but I got pretty big into the coyotes just because I had family there and okay. I got some free stuff and I was like, yeah, the coyotes. And like they had the purple jerseys and then they had the Kachina doll jersey, like the logo that I thought was super cool as like a nine year old or mm -hmm. 12 year old or whatever. And so, for me, on like a personal level, it would suck if the Coyotes didn't exist. But then also, Austin Matthews doesn't exist without the Coyotes, right? right. I mean, it, maybe that's going to be like the team slogan. It's like, at least we'll have Austin Matthews. Yeah. You know, he's never going to actually play for the team. We tried to like, get Austin Matthews. We, we begat Austin Matthews. Like, we provided the genetic material that, uh, you know, someone took up into the hills outside of Tucson and like did a witchy seance and Austin Matthews was born. Yeah. You know, it, shame on the coyotes for thinking the league would give them a top pick over the t Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> like, we've got that shitty team in the desert or the richest franchise in our league. Um, yeah, let's give the really good guy to them. <laughs> I mean, we all know, like we, we had the Emily Strang pieces come out earlier this year about how, shitty it is to work for the coyotes mm -hmm. uh, it turns out it's shitty doing business with the coyotes as well yeah it turns out when you're a company that has your back to the wall uh a lot of things are bad well and then like the arena already said that they weren't extending their lease mm -hmm. so like they're out unless they can find a new place to play right they're going to be playing roller hockey in the parking lot yeah, hey, I've Which been is there. very, very 90s. Yeah, it's like they need to get some Tony Zabo and some V formations and like just <laughs> party out in the v parking lot skates. with everybody in on massive amounts of coke. <laughs> so you're just describing pro beach R.I.P. pro beach hockey. Still uh, waiting for that documentary to come out. I'm still waiting for pro beach hockey to come back. You know, the world's is so crazy right now, like... I wouldn't put it past it. If ever there was a time for ESPN to bring that back, it's now. <laughs> Don't tell me that there's not an ESPN exec who was like, 
in a YouTube hole after <laughs> they bought the rights to the NHL and was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, I have an idea. The same ESPN exec is like trying to buy the rights to slam ball or something. <gasps> We're going to curve the boards. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like skateboarding, but hockey. <laughs> it was so fucking great. It was so great. We need to bring it back. Um, in other news, uh, Ben Bishop has uh, effectively retired from the NHL. Yeah, he did the soft retirement this week after uh, attempting to come back from a knee injury. And he went and played part of a game and apparently like... His cartilage is just no more. His knee is bone on bone. And uh, he was instantly recalled from the AHL team, which is apparently a very bad sign. Like I, I was reading the press reports. It was like, oh, yeah, he's coming back really fast. And then it's like, oh, no, no, no. That's. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that Abort. means he's done. Abort. <laughs> right. Abort. So, yeah, he gave a, a pretty tearful press conference this week and. Uh, his coach came out and gave people the heads up before that. And uh, he's, he's not retiring, retiring because he's still owed a shit ton of money. And um, so he's doing the soft, like he's doing the LTIR thing. Yeah. The, the, the Brent Seabrook retire thing, because I mean, maybe someone will take his contract eventually. I mean, who knows? Uh, it'll be the coyotes. Ben Bishop's had one hell of a career. He started with St. Louis, was there for a number of years as kind of a tandem. Yeah, I actually saw him uh, play in college. We like scalp tickets to a blues game and got pretty close to the ice and was like, holy shit, that guy's like seven feet tall. He's a big man. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, he is six foot seven uh and athletic which yeah. i think is like kind of the combo you're looking at right you could have you could be olaf kolzig big and mm -hmm. be decently athletic or you can be ben bishop and be that big and like super athletic and you know he he kind of in a lot of ways redefined what a modern goaltender could be mm -hmm. uh, these you get a guy like vasilevsky who's super tall and also hyper athletic the red wings just spent a draft pick on sebastian casa who is in that same mold <laughs> the like super tall lanky but hyper athletic guy he, he was kind of one of the early prototypes of that huge flexible athletic demigod goaltender <laughs> and he deserves a lot of respect you know like Absolutely. for his career he's probably not a hall of famer just because he didn't win enough and win and play as long as he could have but he's definitely in the hall of very good yeah i mean he's he's got 200 and something wins like yeah that's not gonna get him in, into the hall um but really a, a very solid nhl career very good nhl mm -hmm. career if if i had ben bishop's career i'd be fucking thrilled <laughs> uh yeah his like, uh his safe percentage over those years was you know exemplary yeah he's a career 921 save percentage on the nhl like that's legit <laughs> uh so you know kudos and hats off to i'm wearing a hat but i've also got a uh, i've got headphones on so i can't really take <laughs> it off but uh metaphorical uh hats off to ben bishop for one heck of a career and you know hopefully uh he's able to walk and stuff with yeah. his knee and hopefully he can get whatever corrective surgery he needs to 
you know, live a long and healthy and mobile life after this. I don't think there's a whole lot you can do for your knee meniscus, unfortunately, besides kind of wait and rehab and take it easy. But yeah, it, it sucks to see it end like this. Yeah. Um, in other weird stars goalie news, Anton Kudobin got waived and then not picked up. Uh, do you understand why? I mean, he's still good and like could probably help any number of teams. Well, he's on the older side. Mm-hmm. He's got a not terrible but not great contract in a league that is very cap strapped right now. Okay. Uh, he's also quite old. I believe he's thirty six. Um, like there's I, I get it if you were a team that it's also early, right? It's mm-hmm. early in the year. So if you are a team that thinks it has a shot at um, at the playoffs or at a cup, it's still kind of early in the year to be like, oh, shit, we need another goaltender, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it, it just hasn't gotten to that point yet. Um, but you know oh he's 35 his contract's not terrible it's like 2.2 million you could pro well it's 2.2 million with it being buried right now um i believe it's like 3.5 million overall um yeah 3.3 so it's not something you can't work around but he's also having a rough year Mm. and so when you couple age with has another year on his deal, plus it's three something million and it's earlier in the season, will teams circle back to him and like throw like a fifth round pick and try and trade for him at the trade deadline? Yeah, maybe, Uh, you know, especially if he like comes back to the NHL and does well, or if he balls out in the AHL or whatever. Uh, But it sounds like Dallas is going to run with Ottinger and Holtby, who are both playing really well as of late. Yeah, um, it's Jake Ottinger's team now, it seems like. I mean, Holtby is playing well, but Ottinger's the goalie of the future. Well, they're both out of contract at the end of this year. So, and, you, you know, you can bring both of those guys back, get reasonable cap hits. Yeah, Ottinger is definitely your goalie of the future. He's looked great so far. Uh, Spent some time in the AHL earlier this year, got recalled and instantly won like five in a row to start his campaign off. So he's he's definitely their goalie of the future. They're going to look probably next year to bring in somebody on the cheap to be the backup. But just play the uh, goalie roulette as many teams do every year. Yeah, and it's thankfully not like for NHL teams' sake. Uh, it's not like defensemen where you have to pay like six million dollars over what they're worth <laughs> to to get one. That's true. So we'll see. Uh, I think I, I don't think it's super out of the like. I don't think it's super weird that uh, that Kudobin didn't get picked up just because of the timing. I think if it were late January, yeah, probably. Okay, but since it's mid-december and we've got i don't know what two months until the trade deadline i think i think we might see his name pop up here in the next month or so as a possible trade acquisition or something like that especially if the stars are willing to eat some money on that trade Mm. um but for now i think it i i I think it makes sense that he wasn't picked up on waivers so mid-december uh We've had several candidates for the goal of the year already. We've had McDavid's ridiculous uh, skates through four guys goal, but we have a new entry in 
the goal of the year, which it, it affectionately called the Dishigan, uh, otherwise known as the Trevor Zegras goal, even though he did not score the goal. Sonny Milano actually scored the goal. Um, but Zegras picks up the puck with his stick behind the net on a power play, kind of unchecked, and then just kind of lobs it over the net, and Milano just puts it right in midair. Like, just absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But of course, John Tortorella doesn't like it, which well, he doesn't like scoring goals. So <laughs> one of the more creative and exciting goals we've seen in recent years. And, and Tort says, uh, he doesn't, I don't know if it's good for the game. Like, yeah, God, fucking dinosaurs, man. Yeah. It sucks when like an NHL highlight is played millions of times on ESPN and right. YouTube and Twitter. It's really bad for the game. You know, exposure. That's. <laughs> fucking terrible they need to have more shot blocking and uh you know defensive hits yeah we we need more like scrums in the corner and uh you know like hard hard work in the on the boards and some strong back checking that's what we need not highlight real goals we don't need any more of that (laughs) uh but the goal was really something else i mean when i have when i see michigan goals like in my league i kind of hate it but to see it in the NHL done at the highest level in such a creative way, like it was so cool. It's kind of the Michigan goal has kind of become passe because of like Andrei Svechnikov has done it a couple of times. You've seen mm-hmm. it, you know, two or three times a year now for the last couple of years. And then also we've seen the like between the legs, Matthew Kachuk goal mm-hmm. a bunch of times now. So like it's still amazing, but you're like, well, apparently a lot of people can do that you know it's like it's like Jimi hendrix playing the guitar behind his head you know like (laughs) everybody was like holy shit the first time but then like paul at your like 12th grade band competition did it and you're like oh well fuck if paul can do it it's not all that cool and the guy after him like brings a guitar out on stage and sets it on fire and And you're like now that's a performance (laughs) Just copying all of Jimmy's moves. Coax the devil out of it. And just, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it was a super cool goal. And, you know, hopefully we see just like more oddball goals this season that are not so much odd because of how they happen, but just we've never seen that kind of skill before. And this is like the kids doing what you want the kids doing, like making ex- hockey exciting and, you know, innovating on the ice. I mean, Sure, somebody could have gone in and and checked him and prevented him from scoring the goal, but they were on the man advantage. You know, everyone was covered and at bottom the time and space to do that. I mean, he does sort of get like checked towards the end of it as he's throwing the puck to Milano, but uh, completely caught the goalie off uh, by surprise and the defense wasn't ready for it. Like, you know, they were thinking probably, oh, maybe he could, do the Michigan goal and wrap his stick around and, and tuck it in, but he had something else planned. Uh, yeah. And you know, for the first time ever, we're talking about Trevor Zegras on this podcast. So um, <laughs> yeah, the, he and Troy Terry and Jamie Drysdale have been electric for the ducks. Yeah. I, I mean, you mean first place in the Pacific Anaheim ducks, right? 
yeah. Troy Terry, also known as the best waiver wire pickup in fantasy hockey <laughs> history. Um, right up there with Val Nachuskin for, for me this year. Um, like just uh, they the ducks kind of stayed the course and we're like, nah, we're just going to keep doing this. We're not going to trade all of our guys. We know we've got right. some guys on expiring deals, whatever. And now they're good. Yeah. I feel like every trade wire, uh, episode we've done have been like why are the ducks not trading richard raquel why are they not trading <laughs> which one of these cam fowler josh manson like which one of these 11 ducks players are going to get traded this year and it's turns, turns out, out none. none and and like okay fine you have you know old ryan getzlav and he's like been rejuvenated by the children you know he's like the old golden retriever with a new puppy it's been pretty cool to see that like you can go from sort of worst to first relying on uh, an embarrassment of riches of young talent coming due. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's been really wild to see the, the Pacific, this, like we all thought it was going to be dog shit. And in a lot of ways it is, but like at least it's been entertaining <laughs> dog shit, you know, yeah. like the sharks were doing well for a while, but have kind of fallen back down to earth. The King, oh, same with the Kings, that. the, Golden Knights started off pretty poorly, but everybody was hurt and now everybody's healthy and oh, look, hey, guess what? They're really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Edmonton started off on a flurry, but have lost, I think, seven straight or something like that. So it's like, okay, they are who we (laughs) thought they are. It's been very streaky from basically every team except for like what? Seattle's just been kind of motoring away in the bottom. Well, even the Canucks have won five in a row just because they got Bruce Boudreaux and who said fuck in his initial press conference. <laughs> it's like, Yeah. Should we talk about that? I mean, the fuck man is back. He's yeah. not a fuck boy. He's a fuck man. Thank God. Uh, the world needs as much as I hate seeing retread coaches in the NHL. You can bring Bruce Boudreaux back anytime you want. And it seems like it's working. I mean, who knows why it's working, but it looks like it is. His system apparently works a lot better for Elias Pettersson, uh, which has been a huge bugaboo all season. He's had a really rough start to the year, really Mm -hmm. rough first quarter of the season. Um, But, you know, maybe he's just pushing buttons that need to be pushed. He's he's known as a player's coach. You know, he's known as a sort of offensive coach, both hockey wise and verbally. He's sort of what did he got? He kind of got famous when he was in Washington in the run up to their winter classic, when he just like said, fuck on HBO like yeah. a thousand times. It's like, am I watching hockey or is this like the boondock saints? I don't, I don't understand. And, uh, I don't know. He's kind of likable. He's character. And it seems like Vancouver's really taken to him. Yeah. Well, and Vancouver just needed something positive. Yeah, They <laughs> so. just needed to move people and change everything, change jobs. And I don't know. The stats show that, Usually in the NHL, if you change coaches, it works for a little bit. Yep. Uh, the question is, how long? Um, in enraging news. I bet uh, this is something that John Tortorella liked. If he did, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> it's really just kind of like a microcosm of America at yeah, this point, it, to be it, perfectly honest. It was like seeing squid games in a prototype come to a hockey event. Next is Hunger Games, and you know <laughs> yeah, right. it's it's going to be great. The Sioux Falls Stampede decided it would be wild. 
it would be riveting if they put a piece of carpet on the center of the ice, dumped $5,000 worth of ones on that carpet, and had local teachers come and fight one another for gobs of cash. <laughs> Which they like were scooping up by the fistful and like putting in their clothes. And I mean, and also they're all wearing helmets, which is a very strange... Probably for legal reasons. Yeah, it, it, and apparently the money was coming from an insurance company or something like that. So, uh, you know, they probably dictated like, oh, you know, gotta wear the helmets, gotta safety first while you're picking up chump change for shit the education system should be paying for. I mean, they made it obvious that these teachers were grabbing cash for like classroom things. Like, you know, knowing South Dakota, they were probably grabbing cash for like history books or something like uh, no those aren't allowed <laughs> uh does this does this history book use the word indigenous no we need we needed to say engine um that's uh that's what we needed to say here in south dakota i do love that south dakota's governor who was like one of the like we don't need covid we don't need biden is like oh hey biden's giving us all some money hey <laughs> we'll take those billions of dollars hey oh no we love joe biden here in south dakota <laughs> this whole thing like my top google search right now is probably how to immigrate to denmark it's <laughs> Like shit like this, as somebody works in education and knows how underfunded it is, when at one point our school system, our public school system was free and it was the envy of the entire fucking world. Yeah. And now we're throwing gobs of cash at teachers so they can fight one another for it. This is fucking asinine. And right. I, I am like, I hold me back, Evan, because <laughs> I'm so upset by this. Like, my, I come from a family of teachers, my aunt, yeah, my grandmother, my cousin, like I have like a, a lineage of educators and the idea that this was a thought of as a, as a good one, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Hey guys, you know, whose lives suck teachers. Let's <laughs> give them more reason to hate themselves. <laughs> yeah. And second thought of as entertaining yeah this is it's it's fucking awful and like rightfully like these this team is being shamed yeah they got a ton of bad press all over the internet the sponsor came out and quote unquote apologized by giving the teachers uh an additional like five hundred dollars each which is almost like an insulting amount to yeah. give as a, a an apology um you know, like, I'm sure several of these teachers are boomers that, like, you know, paid $500 a semester for tuition. And, like, they fully understand how much the education system in the United States has just been hollowed out in their generation. Like... By it, their generation. Right. It really is our parents' generation that ruined the fucking education system of this country. The country in and general. And if there's one reason why we are in this, this sort of social shitstorm we are right now, it's a lack of education. And how did we get that way? Well, we decided to just cheapen out everything and sell it off for the bottom dollar to privatization. Like it, we've drastically fucked up this country and somehow a hockey game intermission 
fucking stunt became like a lightning rod to just highlight how screwed up this has become. Yeah. uh, In synopsis, pay teachers, fund education, tax the rich. And if they don't want to pay taxes, fucking eat them. (laughs) Uh, I guarantee you Jeff Bezos tastes fucking amazing in teriyaki sauce. (laughs) Let's find out. We need to move on because I'm just so fucking pissed off by this. Um, In some news that brings to a conclusion, one of the kind of darker storylines we've been following, uh, at least in part, uh, the Blackhawks have settled with their former forward, Kyle Beach, who had accused uh, an ex-coach, Brad Aldrich, of uh, sexual impropriety uh, towards him and, and abuse and harassment. The Blackhawks settled. Uh, the terms are undisclosed because, of course, they're undisclosed. You know, obviously he got paid. How much he got paid, we're unlikely to know. But it's nice to see, you know, them as a team step up and put their money where their mouth is. They said that they were going planning to settle and they have, and uh, you know, at least the ownership has done what they said they were going to do. This doesn't exactly end the scandal because John Doe two, the high school player in Michigan is still uh, in negotiations with the team. They may settle with him. Nobody really knows that suit is a little bit uh, less cut and dry because, you know, he wasn't a part of the team like Kyle beach was, So the team has been working harder to kind of dodge responsibility there. But Kyle Beach was clearly abused and the team was in a position to stop it and they didn't. And so they've not really come out and admitted much other than Rocky Wirtz's statement a couple weeks back. But they finally, you know, settled and done more or less the right thing that is in front of them to be able to have been done. It sucks that this is the right thing. Like, this is mm-hmm. the moment we've gotten to. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of a wet fart. There were like 40,000 other moments where they could have done the right thing and mm-hmm. chose not to. And, you know, now that the report is out and now that the GM has been fired, the front office has been emptied, and then the coach is fired. But that was a, a that was different performance. Yeah, yeah, reasons, that was a different but, part. You know, it's it sucks that we got to the the point where like, this is the best possible outcome. Right. The The only thing that we can really hope for is that because of this, teams around the league are taking note and saying, all right, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe we don't allow sexual predators to operate in our midst. And if we find out that we have one, we fucking take care of it. And like through the actual real due process of law, right. instead of covering up for covering it up for 10 years, because there may be, drastic financial consequences if we don't do the right thing i mean yeah well that's the thing that's the most infuriating about the two million dollar fine like no 20 million dollars like two million dollars fuck them hard one of which is yeah likely a giant tax deduction (laughs) you know i i really wonder if you asked kyle if he felt like he was made whole by this and i sort of doubt that he would say yes but you know, this represents at least on some level of victory. It may be a hugely empty victory. He feels bad because he didn't do more to stop Brad Aldrich when he had the opportunity to. He was stymied, but he still feels bad. And like, I hope maybe this gives him some closure because he was, you know, told by the union and a, and a team quote unquote doctor that he was 
you know, making shit up and like that he was mischaracterizing what was happening to him. And, and to be gaslit like that makes the situation so much worse. So, yeah, we're glad to be able to put an end to that part of the storyline, but it's a storyline that still needs to kind of live on and be told as a example to other teams to, hey, if you have a similar situation, you got to step up and do the right thing. Otherwise, you may win three Stanley Cups and then have them all overshadowed by the horrible abuses of one person. Yeah, ultimately what matters is how Kyle feels. Mm Mm-hmm. And if Kyle is happy or as happy as he feels he can be because of this situation or content or vindicated, vindicated. Yeah. If Kyle's in a good place, then awesome. I, I think it's really important that we not let we, as in, I mean, I'll consider us, us hockey media in this, like <laughs> you know the, the 20 to 50 people who listen to us each week in, in the media, we owe Kyle and we also owe any future victims the to keep we we owe them to keep this this in the spotlight or you know maybe not necessarily always about Kyle but like talking about the fact that you know people are vulnerable in mm-hmm. sports because anywhere there is power there is abuse of power Right. And and sports is one of those places where, you know, it's it's unchecked power. Mm-hmm. And so keeping this maybe not this story specifically, but the idea that we need to be on guard for this mm-hmm. in the public eye until the end of time effectively is really important because, you know, if if one instance of sexual misconduct or rape or sexual assault or whatever is prevented, that's a win. Right. Right. So I hope like, I I hope that wherever Kyle is, uh, well, he's in Germany. Um, I hope, I hope wherever Kyle is right now that he feels some sense of relief Mm -hmm. and, you know, can now move forward with his life and, enjoy life and get the help and support and the joy that he needs moving forward. And that's, that's really what's most important is that Kyle feels like there is some sort of release of tension. Yeah. Like he, he has some closure and he can now move on from it. Right. He's been playing in the German Oberliga, which is their third tier league. He's been putting up, you know, good numbers, but it, this is probably where his hockey career ends. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went on to do big and important things after his hockey career, understanding the courage that he's shown throughout this entire episode. But yeah, I've been thinking about him a lot and, you know, my, my thoughts go out to him and I hope that, you know, he is able to regain some semblance of joy moving forward after what he's been through. That's uh that's pretty much our show for this week. Uh, thank you as always for listening. We're going to take a couple of weeks off for the holidays so we can be with our families and be sloppy and fat and drunk and <laughs> enjoy ourselves and not think about our podcast for a little while. Um, but we'll see you in 2022. Um, if you're 
not so busy this weekend because it's the weekend before the weekend. The Pride and Riv games in the PHF have been suspended for this weekend or postponed. Uh, however, there is some PHF hockey happening this weekend as of oh, nice. as of right now. Um, fingers so, crossed. Yeah, um, you know, fingers crossed they are able to play. But if it's dangerous for them to play, fingers crossed that they do the right thing and suspend it. You know, we're hopeful um, that everyone out there in the hockey sphere is uh safe and is able to you know avoid the pitfalls of this game that you know make covid kind of a magnet for it so mm-hmm. you can find us on the internet at handsomehockey.com handsome hockey podcast on instagram handsome hockey on twitter handsome hockey pod at gmail.com at the handsome hockey facebook page if you uh you're listening to us obviously but if you want to tell one of your friends maybe tell your grandma your mima about us uh because you're gonna be seeing her yeah hopefully and give her a big hug and while you're hugging her whisper her in her ear handsome hockey podcast is on spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon podcast stitcher tune and overcast red circle and sometimes youtube thank you everybody for listening and you know uh, have a happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, celebrate it jovially. Um, if you celebrate Hanukkah, I hope you had a great one. And uh, we will talk to you in the new year. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde, et joyeux Noël.